verses 28 through 40. After he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he, spent, he sent two of the disciples saying, go into the village ahead of you and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt which has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the coat, the owners came, asked them, why are you untying the coat? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus and after throwing their cloaks on the coat, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. may be seated. I love parades. Parades are some of my favorite forms of celebration uh, because I can come and I can sit and stand in one place and everybody has to come by me. And in some, if you go to the right parades, you can go and you can pick out a spot and you can put your chair down, or you can stand there, and they'll even throw candy at you. <laughs> you don't even have to do anything. Just show up, and you get to celebrate. Um, and some of the reasons why we have uh, parades are to celebrate uh, victories, or uh, to celebrate championships, or uh, to celebrate these, these great things that have been achieved. We, uh, we do them for patriotic times, we do them for big holidays, um, all sorts of different times to, to celebrate and to acclaim. Now, the thing about parades is you're usually celebrating something that's happened or remembering something that's happened or uh, memorializing or, or kind of going back to that idea. Um, but a parade today, a procession today, is a celebration of something that we expect to happen, that we hope will happen, that we're excited about. And so as Jesus was overlooking uh, the city of Jerusalem, on the Mount of Olives, coming down the, the Palm Sunday route. Um, you can almost feel the excitement from the crowd. You, you, you notice the, the, the building up even of the text. You can begin to feel the, uh, the anticipation that, that Jesus is finally coming into the moment that they had been hoping for in this uh, triumphant entry into Jerusalem. 
Now that triumph looked very different than maybe some of the disciples or uh, some of the people in the crowd might have had on that particular day. Uh, Because this was a similar type of entry uh, that you would expect from emperors and kings and generals. Um, It was an entry that um, would would have been very familiar with them with a a couple fun little twists in there as well. Instead of a, a large triumphant, maybe war horse or stallion, Uh, you have a donkey. And instead of maybe uh, royal robes or uh, servants laying down uh, a path for the the conqueror, the the leader to enter into the city, you now have uh, people putting their their shawls and their sweaters and their cloaks and their tunics um, already stained or dirty or have holes on them in the, the way in front for Jesus to make his way. Because this isn't an emperor or a king like uh, the other ones that maybe they have seen do this. This is their king. This is the king that got down in the dust and the dirt with them. This is the king of fishing communities and the the king of farmers. This is the king of uh, the ones who are set up, the ones that have no power, the kings of uh, the harlots and the taxpayers, and uh, the kings of all the ones that, that had been oppressed, that no one uh, would even look at, let alone touch, and yet Jesus was the one that raised them up with even just a word or a gesture or a kind hand. The one that they looked to for hope was now coming triumphantly into the city that represented the oppression, the power the empire that had been crushing them was now Jesus walking right into the heart of it to set them free. But that freedom, it didn't come in the way that they expected it to come. And so the very same disciples that are waving their palms, that, uh, that are shouting uh, shouts of acclamation, of praise, Uh, that are remembering everything that Jesus did and hoping that they'll see even greater things are the very same disciples that here just a couple chapters later will be walking out of Jerusalem after Jesus' crucifixion and burial in a disappointed tone saying to each other, I really thought he was the one that was going to deliver Israel. All of that expectation, all of that hope and that anticipation that you feel around Jesus on Palm Sunday, you just feel the deflate, the defeat, the disappointment that comes just a week later. And not knowing that what Jesus accomplished in that moment was not a defeat at all, but one of victory greater than anything that they could ever imagine. And so that, that sort of fickleness of the disciples, that, that undecided nature about what exactly has happened, that's, that's our Palm Sunday wrestling as well. That's our burden and our story that we wrestle with. Because they saw Jesus come in on the donkey. And they laid their cloaks and they laid their sweaters down on the way in front of him. But in their minds, they still saw the stallion. They still saw the royal robes. They still thought that this would one who would come in and he would conquer. And they would hope that he would be the one to throw off all the power that had had their foot on their neck for so many centuries before. 
And that's exactly what he did, but in a way that they still couldn't see. And had so much trouble understanding in that moment. And yet Jesus won a victory over the next week in a way that they never would have expected. Because maybe they thought Jesus would overthrow the empire. Maybe they thought uh, Jesus would overthrow the religious authorities, would usher in a, a new movement, maybe a new government, a new liberation for his people. Because all the other conquerors that came before him did exactly that. And what those conquerors did is they eliminated their enemies. They killed off the competition, the other armies, the other leaders. But Jesus won his victory by letting them kill him. And yet broke the curse of death and sin in a way that they couldn't see just yet. But becomes our legacy and our story. That as they begin to see this story unfold in the days that come, the appearances that begin to give them hope again of realizing that God's ways are not our ways. And God does not deliver just in the ways that we expect or the ways that we want, but God delivers in the ways that we need. And so Palm Sunday is a day to celebrate. Celebrating victories over things that we have no idea how God will overcome. Questions and concerns and hardships that we have no idea how grace will ever be able to break away into them. How can we ever experience peace in this world or our lives? Palm Sunday is that day that we wave our hopes around. And we almost have that excitement of Jesus coming into our lives, our problems, our hurts, our hardships, our darkness, and saying victory and light and love and grace are coming in a way that you can never imagine. And yet we inherit that life and that celebration and that anticipation that begins today. The hope that we wave around is the hope and the grace that we have to pour out for this world. That Christ has come into our lives and has won the greatest victory of all. Amen and amen.